apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clovercrest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event. Lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut. Got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up. Feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight. Then retaliate. Put up your duke. Stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the throwing jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big J, joined by Joe Gwai and Jared Jones. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got a fun who you got. We got a UFC fight night. Holly Holm getting back into the octagon tonight. That should be a fun one. We'll talk about that. But first, we got a recap. Last week, starting off in the UFC, Jan Blahovich beats Alexander Rakic after a, a freak knee injury in the third round. Uh, Joe, you and I were, were talking about it a little bit in the pre-show. Uh, I mean, Rakic was winning that, that second round. He was dominating the ground. And, I mean, that's how Teixeira beat Blahovich and took the belt. So, I mean, his even though Blahovich out-wrestled Adesanya, his ground game is still sus when it gets to the the actual light heavyweights and the actual people his size. So, but uh, does this put Blahovich in the position to face the Teixeira Prohaska winner, Joe? After this fight, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, listen, here you see, uh, it was a freak injury. It was a hundred percent related to the leg kicks. 
And for Reykjavik to not know there was going to be leg kicks and to not check him and to not do anything about it after he got his leg beat up in round one was was dumb. But as you said, look, Reykjavik was fighting a good fight. A uh, couple nights takedown. I mean, he... I'll, I'll tell you, after the first round was over, I definitely thought, all right, I, I had Reykjavik winning this, but that's not going to happen. That that was pretty clear to me because he wasn't checking those leg kicks. And and I knew that eventually that was going to be an issue. And then in the third round, obviously what happened happened. But it wasn't a freak knee injury. It was what Blahovich did. And, yeah, I mean, assuming – uh, you know, whether it's Teixeira or Prohaska, I happen, I have, I have to think that uh, at this point, Blahovich is your number one contender and will be fighting for his belt back. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's an easy assumption. Rakic was the, was the other guy there. And uh, this, this was not as close as I thought it was going to be. Um, I picked Rakic. And I thought they're both kind of upper echelon, close fight. It didn't shock me that Blahovich won, but he has to be right there with his age and his pedigree and his uh, body of work. How do you how do you not make him one of the next steps? He's got to be. Yeah, I, I, if I'm Blahovich, though, I, I think Glover, uh, Teixeira, I, I think he. While he's old, I think you might be able to land something. He had him rocked in the first round before he eventually took Blahovich's back. But I, I, I want Prohaska. I, I think they'll stand up and they'll brawl, and I think that's where Blahovich is best. So I, I, if I'm Blahovich looking at that fight, that that's what I want. But I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see in the in the coming weeks. But uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, I'm excited to see Blahovich back. This is a weird division because, I mean, we've had so many dinosaurs at the top now. And now you got Prohaska really getting to test himself against these dinosaurs. And how is he going to stack up? This has been a very um, inconsistent (laughs) division outside of John Jones. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, this division is kind of, you know, you, you win the title Maybe you defend it once, then you lose said title, and that seems to that seems to be how it's gone outside of the of the John Jones run, and even that run, of course, was interrupted by him losing the belt uh, for for outside the ring reasons, but still. Yeah, I mean, you do have the guys, the Machitas. I mean, the Kators, like in this. The Cormiers, but yeah, it's just really been Daniel Cormier. I also think this is the only division, maybe men and women, in the sport where there is not a clear-cut number one and number two guy. This is very much a shake them up and, you know, whoever's fighting best right now is, is in the top five, you know? I mean, listen. I like Glover Teixeira. Oh, right. I don't think I don't think anybody's sitting there thinking Glover Teixeira is one of the great light heavyweights of all time. Nobody thinks that. You know, Prohaska seems like he has a, a a nice future. Dominic Reyes. I've I've never been impressed yeah. with Dominic Reyes. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just nobody in this division that's really jumping out, and and it just consistently has been that way. Not on paper. 
but on screen. Yes. Oscar is the one you would pick out of that group passing the eye test. I agree with you on paper, but as far as the eye test goes, Glover, Blahovich, these are big, old, powerful. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat them, but this is this is that next level guy that's got the stuff that other people don't have. For Oshka, is somebody to look out for. I'm keeping this my hair long. Serious. I'm keeping my hair long for now so that I could do the pro Hoska do for his fight. Nice. Up. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh it should be interesting. It should be interesting. That, that but that's in the weeks to come. I mean, I, I Joe, I mean, this division, I'd say the only other one talking about that where there's no clear cut one or two would I, I guess you can argue now straw weight, women's straw weight after uh the last UFC, maybe. But uh okay, yeah. But uh, all right, now let's transition <laughs> to the boxing ring as Jermel Charlo KOs Brian Castano in the 10th round in the rematch to become the first ever four-belt unified junior middleweight champ. Jared, what did you think of Charlo's performance here? I can't stand the end part of that. I just – a little segue here. In, in boxing, and not you, Jace, at all, but in boxing, what we've done is like, imagine if the NFL football season was just 20 games or 25 games, and you're like, the all-time season record breaker for rushing yards. He had five more games. And when you're talking about being a four-weight class champion, well, they have five more belts that are possible for these guys to go and get. It's the same story. So... You uh, you know, uh, lineal, unified, those are the words I like. Intercontinental. Super. What kind of, yeah, so, come on. Intercontinental world? What's the other world look like? Right. What was it? Mesopotamia. Is that what? <laughs> is who's the king of, who's the champion of Mesopotamia right now? That's what I want to know. Which world, how many worlds are there, Roberto Duran said, when they came out with a second one? How many worlds are there? You've got a world champion and an intercontinental world champion. So one of the continents doesn't count for that guy. The other world world champion is just part. The, just Maybe that belt along. comes from Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> from the space. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the Space Force champion. Pound for pound space king. Anybody you know wants funny? to fight, get your get your mask ready. As soon as he started talking, I immediately agreed with his statement that after uh, all the rest of that, the unified junior middleweight all champion class. I blah, mean, blah, yeah, blah. you know, because there are people that actually did it in. Oh yeah, in, right. And so this is just sort of bastardizing those accomplishments because, yeah. The and I'll give you, and I, I mean, middleweight champion. There were uh, um, Henry Armstrong and Sugar Ray Robinson stand out to me the most. Um, one of those we'll talk a little bit more about later. Spoiler alert! But uh, these these are guys that there were only eight pure weight classes. When you're moving a weight class and you have everything from 110 pounds to 220, 250, 280, and there's only eight weight classes. It reminds me of Lombardi. You know how many plays his playbook had? You ever seen an NFL playbook nowadays? This Lombardi ran eight plays. And he ran them the other way, too. Run it again. 
So when these guys jumped a weight class or got a belt, it's because at that weight, they were the greatest fighter on the planet. And I'm not making that argument for Charlo. But the fact is, he won me over during this fight. This is a, I'm, I'm a Castano fan. That kid is tough as nails. If you watch to these two fights and you're not a fan of Brian Castano, you don't like boxing. <laughs> this kid is just fun to watch. And I knew Charlo was going to have to have all of his ducks in a row to be able to pull it out against this guy. And he did. He did. Did he show um, some holes in his game? Absolutely. But these are the type of tests you want to see him in to cover those holes up. This is not Shakur Stevenson. And I'd add a no disrespect, but I don't, I mean it disrespectfully. Shakur Stevenson showed holes in his game that could be exploited by the majority of guys that are his size. Charlo didn't show that much. There wasn't a real straight right hand blueprint here to beat this guy. This is a good young fighter. This is Char this Charlo kick can fight. He and he and his brother both. And I was uh I was a little chin checker on him. I sent you a video of uh Jadon Codrington, Joe. You got it? Yeah. Alan Green and Jadon Codrington. These guys are the chin checkers. If you watch the back of that video, Curtis Stevens is the other guy, the chin checkers. They had like never beat anybody. But Jadon Codrick and Curtis Stevens, watch that video. Watch the red hat. There's a lady in white celebrating the Island Green knockout. She's like, yay. And then she, oh, when he falls while his best friend is looking back and forth, fixing his hat. And you're just trying to still be tough <laughs> with his buddy unconscious. And it's just <laughs> the funniest little part of that clip. Yeah. Tough guys. Yeah, I've never seen a genuinely tough guy go out of his way to prove he's tough. It's something I heard John Scully say once and I grabbed a hold of. Genuinely tough guys are not out there going out of their way, puffing their chest out. And uh, that's the difference here. These Charlo kids, they're not the chin checkers. They look good. This was a fight at the top of the game. Charlo won. He, he, he got a piece of me with this fight. Well done, Charlo. Good victory. You beat a, you beat a solid, solid boxer. Yeah, so uh, I did take Charlo, and I, and I don't love Jermel. Uh, Jermel, I think, is a much better fighter. And I only took Charlo here, as we talked about last week, Jared, because to me, Castano needed to have the fight of his life, which I thought he put up in the first fight. Uh, and, and that got him a split draw. And so I thought he got to top that. How was he topping that performance? Uh, and I, and I think on four, well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I mean, again, he did. Yeah. Un, un, until he got finished off. Yeah. I mean, again, great fight and the kind of, these are the kinds of fights that we want to see. Yes. Right. And these are, these are the guys that, uh, you know, Again, especially when when you win a, a split draw, that's an easy run it back. Let me let me show you what's up. So I give him credit there. Um, but yeah, I thought this was going to be a tough fight for Castano to win. He was going to have to. We talked about this too. He'd probably have to finish the fight. Ain't no way Charlo's losing by decision, especially you know coming off what we had just seen with with Canelo somehow pulling out one thirteen, one fifteen losses across the board. Uh, when that should have been much greater. So I thought it was a little stacked against Castano, um, but he fought a great fight un until it was over. Um, but yeah, 
proud of Charlo, but I he like you said, Jared, this guy's definitely got some holes in the game. And you know, he I think he's got a good camp and he's got some good people around him. It's it's time for this guy to uh look at some tape and figure out some some better ways to fight. Oh yeah. Well and Castano, uh, I guess the question I have, is that his ceiling? You said he was going to have to fight the best he had. He ended up with the split draw. He came back. This may have been a better version of Castano, but it was a better version of Charlo as well. This is the ceiling. I think we just saw the best of Brian Castano. And um, he turns directly from this fight from a contender to a gatekeeper. He has just transitioned after this fight to one of those really tough guys that you're going to have to be on your game to beat. And that's how we'll find out those upper echelon guys, which is the nature of a gatekeeper. He's All a right. good one. He's a good yeah. one to have. Yeah, I mean, he he he's pretty solid. But uh, my question now: Who is next for Charlo? Who is the next guy? Who would you like to see him fight next, Jeff? Who would I like to see him fight next, or who yeah. do I think he'll fight next? No, who would you <laughs> like to? What is the fight to make? Um, I mean, does does he does he move up at this point? I would think. You know, is he is he trying to avoid his brother? I think is the other question. Right. So. Yeah. If he moves up, he's it's conflicted with his brother. He might move down. Welterweight, maybe? Perhaps. Perhaps. There's there's some good competition there. Um, you know, I think we got a pretty big got a pretty big bout coming up. I don't know. Uh I where this dude is right now, I think if he's fighting one of the big boys, one of the bigger names, I think Jermel's in trouble. Oh yeah. That's that's my other thought. I don't know if he's ready to get in there with the with the Stevensons and the Haneys of the world. I don't. Don't move up. Yeah. Yeah, don't move up. I like uh the towering inferno. Sebastian Fendora for Charlo next. He's like six foot seven. He's nineteen oh and one. Have you seen this kid? Yeah, you've talked about it before. Yeah, I think Fondora is uh What do you call, what do you call an explorer you enjoy yourself with? <laughs> Fondora. Um <laughs> So beats uh, he just beat Erickson Lubin barely. Um very very close fight. Ended up stopping him. Uh got past Sergio Garcia who was 33-0 and 0 at the time. The problem with uh, Fondora um, versus uh, Sergio Garcia is Sergio Garcia is a cute fighter, let's say. Um, and he had to turn into this full force forward volume fighter. Castano beats Fondora. Charlo may not. Styles make fights. This kid's big. He's powerful. He's undefeated. 19 and 0. And and honestly, after this fight on Box Rex rankings with my little Elo system there, 
Castano moves to three, Fundora moves to two. So that's got, that's by the numbers. That's the next fight, Charlo Fundora. And man, that'll be that would be fun to watch. Fundora probably loses, probably by knockout, but that'll be fun to watch because they're giving each other something that they they both struggle with the other style. All right, damn. Sounds like that would be a fun one. So make it happen, boxing. Let's go. But uh, all right. We got a fun who you got coming up, but first, let's take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. All right. Who you got? Top five dare to be great moments. Our boy Jared came up with this one. Uh, Joe. Oh, there he is. Jared, I'll, I'll let you kick us off. It's your who you got. Top yeah. five dare to be great moments. Um, Let me first destroy your top fives. I hope. Okay. Actually, I hope not. I hope you guys were smart enough to see this, but I had a very distinct thing happen to me while I was putting this top five weight class change dare to be great moments together. And I was thinking, no Canelo. No Canelo Alvarez. Please don't put him on your list because if he wins, you're like, Bivol, who's going back to that fight and thinking Bivol was that guy? Did you really sit there had he you he's only on this list because he lost if you put him on this list it's only because he lost i want people on this list win or lose they dared to be great they made that jump um number five is uh loma loma versus lopez I've got at number five. At number four, uh, Roy Jones versus Ruiz coming up all the way. Um, number three, as much as I hate it, is Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. He was going to come up and fight. Uh, I can't come up with the guy's name for the for the title. A Sun Sal. <clears throat> and then ended up jumping two weight classes. Now, Dana even came out and commented after that they couldn't get GSP to jump up one. And Connor jumped two to make the fight. It was a dare to be great moment and lost, but it was one of those moments, win or lose. 
Um, I've got number two is uh, Israel Adesanya. Again, win or lose, you were going to leave and say, dared to be great. And number one is a guy, personal friend of mine. Um, and the only one on this list that I could come up with that moved down, Chad Dawson, when he fought the pound-for-pound pound king, Andre Ward, and couldn't get him to come up. Instead, cut weight and went back down to fight him. Um, I love these because uh, you said earlier this Castano-Charlo fight was what we want to see as fans. And that's kind of what this Who You Got was about, is shining some light on guys that went out there and did it because they wanted to be the best and, and gave the fans what they are looking for in this game. When you look at Chad Dawson coming down to fight Ward and he put himself in, at, in danger. He put his career in peril. Conor McGregor, who cares? A Sun Sao had an injury. Conor comes out, oh, fuck him. That guy doesn't want to fight me anyways. Nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you should have jumped up two weight classes and fought Nate Diaz. Nobody's going to hate on you for that. Roy Jones at heavyweight? Like, who's going to be sitting around and going, ah, oh, yeah, but he never beat any heavyweights when his career's over? No, he did that because that's, I want to be the greatest. And for the fans, you're doing you're you're making the game for us, these guys. Conor McGregor, you're a heel. I don't like you. You're a heel of the MMA, but you belong on this list because you want to be the greatest, because you have that grind that most people don't have. Scully was talking the other day about guys that would die in the ring. He was he was comparing LeBron James to Kobe Bryant and saying Kobe Bryant had a gear. I don't care who wins one-on-one. Kobe had a gear would die to beat you. Kobe had a gear that a lot of other athletes don't have. He wanted to be the greatest, and he was ready to die showing you that he was better than you are. Look at the, look at the clip of Joe Frazier. Look at the clip of Joe Frazier when they asked him about his, his manager stopping the fight. And he's like, hey, well, he said he thought you were going to die, and he started thinking about your family, and he didn't want you to die. And he says, and he's still, here's this 70-year-old man kind of pissed off about it, you know? That's what I did for work. And I knew that was a possibility. And I wanted to fucking win, and you weren't supposed to take that from me. And that is the attitude I want from my boxers. <laughs> and when you see that, you've got to credit those guys whether you like them or not. So Connor goes on this list. I got Chad, Roy, Loma, Connor. Um, Sugar Ray Robinson from lightweight to light heavyweight to fight uh, Joey Maxim. There have been guys throughout history that have just wanted to show everybody else that they were the best. You know how much smaller Willie Pep was than most of the dudes he fought? Outrageous. Just would never happen today. Uh, uh, Jack Dempsey, you could hit me in the face with a sledgehammer for $2. If you hadn't eaten for days, you would understand. You know, that's what we want from our fighters. Go out there, be the best, try to win if you're ready, you know, and that that extra gear, that Kobe Bryant mentality. Yeah. All of the guys on that list have it. Not all as right. big a fan of Connor as I am those others. But okay. uh all those guys had that. I like that. I like that list. But uh all right, Joe. 
That was a great list. And since you already hit two of mine, Jones uh, beating Ruiz and Robinson losing, by the way, to Max. And the only fight of his career where he was stopped. Uh, so two obviously great fights. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got some others, so I'm gonna supplement the two that you took from me. Um, just kidding. Oscar De La Hoya <laughs> challenging Bernard Hopkins uh, at middleweight. Oscar did not win that fight. Nasty liver punch uh, ended his evening, but the the effort was all there. Uh, George's Saint Pierre coming out of retirement and choking out Michael Bisbing. Three years out of the ring to, to take out the top guy. That's a, a great moment. Usyk over Joshua. Obviously, Blahovich over Adesanya. Two obviously great moments where guys were, were trying to step up. Uh, Sugar Rain Leonard, three years out of retirement, going up to middleweight and beating the all-time great Marvin Hagler in his 13th title defense. Hagler hung him up right after the fight. He was so pissed off that he... That he lost. Now I'm going to give you. And I thank you. Meant, I thank you. you by the way. Point. Yeah. Thank you. Because uh, I wanted that one in there. Honorable mention. I didn't. I didn't honorable mention it. And I was. I was trusting you guys with that Sugar Ray Leonard Hagler fight. So thank you, Joe. So also Tony gave me this one, and I think you mentioned this dude's name, Henry, Henry Armstrong. Armstrong won <laughs> was the featherweight title. Up to welterweight, won that title, down the lightweight, had a 15-round war with Lou Ambers, wins the title to become the only person to hold titles in three divisions simultaneously. Yeah, I think that guy dared to be great. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I got to tell you, all day. I think that is the greatest nickname <laughs> in sports, by the way. Homicide Hank. Is a great name. That's a great oh, yeah. name. Homicide oh, yeah. Hank. Who's messing with that guy? No. Like it's a funny. I started with Axe Murderer. Yeah, so I started with eight and had to cut to five. And Henry Armstrong is one of those eight. You sick, Leonard. You touched on that, so I appreciate that. I didn't like uh, one of yours. All right. Okay. So I, I, I kind of. Canelo's on his list. <laughs> I, Canelo is on my list. Number five. Listen, I kind of went outside the box a little, not necessarily focusing on the weight change a lot, but just the dare to be great moments. So number five, Canelo. I wasn't here to talk about it last week, but I mean, yeah, it it, it would have been really, it would have been better to put on this list if it was a Baturbiev. Yes, the, the we great talked guy. about exactly. that ad nauseum yeah. last week. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, and uh, I mean, the, the Kovalev fight, he, he had he dipped his toe in the water. Kovalev was over, older. He thought he could get one. I mean, he was there to be great. He could have just come back. I mean, he could have been at middleweight, just a bunch of mandatories left and right, but he decided to go up. He decided to challenge himself. That's daring to be great. It, yeah, in between taking on those other challenges. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, okay. This is where I, I, I start to go outside the box here with the dare to be great. Number four, Al Iaquinta, one day's notice against Khabib. That's daring to be – I mean, he's he's training for Paul Felder and then, I mean, the Tony Ferguson stuff. Have, but one day's notice – and you could argue that's the best performance against Khabib We've ever seen. I mean, 
there was that one round with with McGregor, maybe, but I mean, Ally Quenta, he dared to be great. He he stepped up when it mattered. One day's notice. Then number three, Daniel Cormier moving back up to heavyweight, going taking the Stipe fight. That was the pinnacle of his. I mean, that was the greatest moment. Stipe fight, then he comes in, gets pushed by Brock Lesnar. I know it didn't play out the same. But then not only doing that, he gets the Stipe fight, he gets the win, he gets the belt, but then he also becomes the first person in UFC history to defend a title while holding two belts. Quick turnaround with Derek Lewis. I know that wasn't the greatest fight, but that's still going to go down in the history books uh, because of Daniel Cormier moving back up to heavyweight. And it, and it su- sucks that he, he will f- forever have that uh, John Jones asterisk at light, light heavyweight to because I mean if he would have stayed a heavyweight look at what he, he could have had he could have be go down as one of the greats at heavyweight maybe I mean he lost those two to Steve but he was older I mean All listen right. don't forget what is his walk around weight like 250 yeah he's a big boy I mean him being a lightweight is is a, not a lightweight a light heavyweight is kind of a joke I mean there there's a lot of guys who the the weight the, the the where they're fighting and where they're actually living are yeah. 30 40 pounds different and and I you know I know you love Anthony Rumble Johnson for just that reason you know but walking yeah, around no, it, no, walking no, around at 215 and fighting at 145 I mean oh, yeah. like that but but I don't know. Used to uh, walk I'm just saying like is it daring to be great is it daring to be great if you if you fight uh, somebody uh, half your size yeah. after a week in the sauna <laughs> yeah all right all right look Okay, let me finish this. Off. I don't want to dispute your left. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, you're right. Just you having Canelo on there just pissed me off right <laughs> off the bat. If that and you're right, if that had been Baturbia, he absolutely belongs on this list. It would have been on my list. Too. If he beats, if he wins that fight, he never makes that list for anybody. Yeah. But uh, all right. Okay. Number two, Michael Bisping, two weeks notice against Luke Rockhold comes out there first round, avenging his loss prior to Luke Rockhold. And I mean, taking it and run with it, getting the super fight with GSP. I mean, you know, for, for a journeyman to to end his career off like that, I mean, th- th- that's pretty solid. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did be great. Two weeks notice to come in and do that. That's pretty outstanding for the belt. And number one, Tyson Fury's whole comeback. I mean, dare to be great. I mean, while there was a guy that no one wanted to fight. And and Tyson Fury came out of retirement to fight him. I mean, look the Joshua. No, I'm not disrespecting Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua wanted that fight, but his handlers got that had that fight fall through their fingertips because they were scared of Wilder's power. And Tyson Fury, while being 400 pounds, depressed on on a bunch of drugs. Says no, I'm gonna come back. Gets healthy, goes out and beats this guy just because he disrespected Mike Tyson. That that's a he's daring to be great, and that's why he is one of the greatest to ever do it at this point. And I mean, that's why I have him at number one. Some honorable mentions. I mean, we, you guys said a bunch of them. Uh, Amanda Nunes moving up to face Cyborg. Cyborg was a boogie woman. They created the featherweight division just for Chris Cyborg. She was supposed to be the, this uh, dominant force, but 
Amanda Nunes just shut that off. Uh, it asked race care because of PEDs. Dillashaw being the first ever UFC champion to move down to face another UFC championship in, in, in Cejudo. And then um, I, I don't like to say it, but I mean, you that's could what, also. That's what pole dancers do, you know. Asterisks. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, but uh, these two, I, I don't want to put the. I, I didn't put them on my list because I mean it's ridiculous. But I think they should be mentioned when we're talking about there to be great moments. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather has this thing where he is one of he is up there as one of the greatest to ever. Do it, and for them to come in and fight him, I mean. That is a daring to be great. I, I know the circumstance and everything around it, it, it isn't really that great, but it deserves to be mentioned when we're talking about this dare to be great mentality. You know? Sure, sure. Well, and I, I mean, thank you, Sander. Um, this is it's it's hilarious how, how the views have been of me saying Baturbiev would beat Canelo before and after he fought Bibble. People's faces of hey, Baturbiev would smash Canelo, and people were like Canelo, like the pound for pound king. Yeah, smash him, finish him, like stop him. He won't. No decisions over. And then you watch the Bibble fight, and you're like, yeah, Baturbiev would probably smash that guy. <laughs> you know, if we're gonna throw YouTubers and guys that are crossing <laughs> over promotions, then to me, I, I I have to bring her up, but Valentina Shevchenko fighting Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes' oh, walking yeah. around weight is uh, about 200 pounds. And Valentina Shevchenko's walk around weight is 130. And she fights at 125. And for her to have gone and faced the lioness and put up the battle she did against a much, much bigger and one of the most talented women fighters of all time, now she's got to be now she's got to be on the list. I'm surprised I didn't have that, Joe, and that's a great, great uh, point. Yeah, Shevchenko. Nunes. Yeah. And I have one more honorable mention, by the way. Pop quiz. Who's the first guy to beat Chad Dawson? Oh, um. Here's your hints. He lost to Kovalev twice. Bivol, Kovalev, and Bihop. Are his losses? He yep. beat Chad Dawson. Now this guy beat loses to Bivol, who we all know now is very very good. Then he beats light heavyweight silver medalist Marcus Brown, who was undefeated at the time. Then he beats Badu Jack by split decision. Then he takes three years off. And comes back and fights China's number one fighter, light heavyweight named Fan Long Mang, who was undefeated 17-0. Your boy got paid last night. Jean Pascal, 39 years old. He ain't done yet. Dare to be great, old timer. What a great fight last night. Jean Pascal pulling it out against Long Man Long. Beautiful, beautiful. Well done. And when you look back on his career now, wow, that's impressive. Sergey Kovalev, when he was a killer, and Carl Froch are the only guys that beat him decisively. This guy can bang, and he was plus money. 
Hey, by by the way, I think this is hilarious, but Canelo Alvarez says he thinks that Bibble is better than Baturbiev. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. And then, yeah, and Buju's better than Canelo, the guy that knocked me out. The smoke Canelo with that same body shot, I'm sure. Stop it. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And by the way, uh, can we can we assuming and I I know Baturbiev is going to destroy Joe Smith. Can we get Bibble and Baturbiev now, uh, and Let's and go. and figure this whole thing out? Because yeah, I like Bibble. I know Baturbiev is probably a little bit better, maybe even a lot bit better. But that's a fight I would love to see. Picture Canelo just with. 10 more pounds of weight and bone density and those other things. Um, I think Baturbiev might be just a hair sharper. And pound for pound, Canelo, you know, these guys are two of the strongest, strongest guys in the game. But Canelo couldn't do things because of his size that he thought he was going to be able to do that Baturbiev will be able to do. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And Mike, he's better than Berlanga. Yeah, seriously. Anybody who beat me is the world champion, unless uh, you know, unless I win. Um, They're the greatest. Everybody who ever beat me is the greatest. He yeah. said Bibble's better than Baturbiev. I didn't see that yet. It's funny though. It, it strikes me as funny. I actually, when I was in high school, I, I, this kid, uh, these two kids started talking about my sisters, and I jumped over a divider. Like, like, like it was the top rope. I jumped up on the divider and jumped off, kicked the kid in the chest. A couple staff came in. You know, have you ever seen the scene in Jurassic Park where the T-Rex has the three raptors? Kind of like that. A little bit like that. Papers flying everywhere. Room's a disaster. Everybody gets suspended. Yada, 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 yada. Week late, weeks later, um, Steve Engel and Bob Pavera. Shout out, guys. Uh, 30 years later, if you ever if you check into the Throwing Jabs podcast. So um, Bobby was talking about kicking my ass. And Steve, having his ass kicked by me, was so offended by that <laughs> that he whooped Bobby's ass. Like, now, what do you think would happen if you fought Jared? But in his head, it was so offensive to think of this kid beating me when I whooped his ass. That he was fighting for his own ego and pride to go kick that kid's ass. And that's what happened to Canelo there. Oh, this Bivol guy will beat anybody on the planet. Sure he will, buddy. Sure he will. And so will Tiafimo Lopez until he fights somebody his size who's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, right. And yeah. smashes both of those dudes that were in the ring last week. Yeah. Let's hope those fights fight start getting me that's Baturbiev needs needs that let's go but uh all right we got a like I mentioned at the top of the show Holly Holm returning to the octagon should be a fun one but first let's hear a word from one of our sponsors so Jess why did you become a realtor I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. 
Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks, do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Saturday night UFC Fight Night 206 features a women's bantamweight bout in the main event between former champion Holly Holm and sixth-ranked Caitlin Vieira. Let's break it down. Caitlin Vieira is 30 years old. She's five foot eight with a 68 inch reach and a record of 12 and two with two knockouts and four submissions. From Anos, Amazonas, Brazil, Vieira took up Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo at the age of 12, going on to win the Brazilian National Wrestling Championships before transitioning over to MMA, where she made a professional debut in October of 2014 with a second round knockout of Juliana Letit. She won her next five with one knockout, three submissions before making her UFC debut two years later with a close split decision over Kelly Fassholes. She followed it up with a unanimous decision over Ashley Evans-Smith in a second-round arm triangle choke submission of former Olympic silver medalist Sarah McCann. In March of 2018, she edged out Kat Zingano with a hard-fought split decision. However, three months later, she suffered her first loss when she took on the dangerous and hard-hitting Irene Aldana before getting knocked out cold by a thunderous counter-left hook at the end of the first round. After having several proposed matches canceled for visa issues, she returned on September 27, 2020, scoring a unanimous decision in a back-and-forth slugfest with Sahara Eubanks, but four months later, she missed weight and was fined 20% of her purse when she took on former Invicta Bantamweight champion Anna Kunitskaya losing via unanimous decision. In November of 2021, she bounced back with the most significant victory of her career when she took on Misha Tate, using her reach and slick counter striking to overwhelm the former Bantamweight champion and route to a convincing unanimous decision victory. An aggressive pressure fighter, Vieta possesses heavy hands and world-class wrestling skills, averaging three punches per minute while boasting a near-perfect 90% takedown defense. Holly Holm is 40 years old. She's 5'8 with a 70-inch reach and a record of 14-5 and five with eight knockouts. From Albuquerque, New Mexico, Holm, a naturally gifted athlete, got into combat sports at the age of 16 when her cardio kickboxing instructor recognized her potential as a fighter. After a successful kickboxing career that saw her go 14-1, and one, she embarked on perhaps the most illustrious career in women's boxing history, amassing a record of 33-2-3 with nine knockouts and defending her title 18 times across three weight divisions before making her MMA debut in March of 2011 with a second-round knockout of Christina Domke. Over the next three years, she went 7-0 with six knockouts, winning the inaugural Legacy FC Women's Bantamweight title with a fifth-round head kick knockout of Juliana Werner before making her UFC debut in February of 2015 with a split decision over Raquel Paddington. 
In her next fight, she shook up the MMA world when she pulled off one of the biggest upsets in UFC history, using her superior striking skills and boxing experience to completely overwhelm Bantamweight champion and UFC legend Ronda Rousey, continually defending her takedown attempts and landing powerful counter punches before winning the title in the second round with a vicious head kick followed by ground and pound. Her success was short-lived, however, as four months later, she would lose her title to Misha Tate via rear-naked choke after four rounds of intense back-and-forth action. Back-to-back losses to current pound-for-pound queen Valentina Shevchenko and Jermaine Durandame before a brutal head-kick knockout of Beth Correa put her in line to challenge Chris Cyborg for the UFC featherweight title, which she lost via a close and action-packed unanimous decision. She bounced back six months later with a measured and dominant decision over Megan Anderson before returning to Bantamweight to challenge champion Amanda Nunes for the title, getting knocked out by a perfectly timed head kick near the end of round one. After recovering from a hamstring injury, she returned in January of 2020 with a dominant win over old rival Raquel Pennington and nine months later put on a near-perfect performance against number six-ranked contender Irene Aldana mixing in vicious combinations with multiple takedowns en route to a wide unanimous decision. Widely regarded as one of the greatest female boxers of all time, Home is a hard-hitting counter-striker who maintains distance with a combination of excellent lateral movement, a solid jab, and a variety of high and low kicks, and remains the only fighter, male or female, to be a world champion in boxing as well as the UFC. Can Vienna use her superior wrestling skills to add another MMA legend to her growing resume? Or will a preacher's daughter dominate with her counter-punching and experience as both women seek a shot at Bantamweight gold? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Fight Night Home versus Vienna, and let's find out. All right, Joe. Who will come out on top? You know, I was leaning towards Vienna. And then I just listened to myself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think going after uh, last week's fight, I think I'm going to take. I am going to take home in this fight. I think I'm going to go. I, I I was sort of of the impression, Jared, that maybe Holly Holm is at the end of her career. But I still think. I still think she's got enough in the tank to beat Ketlin Vieira tonight. Vieira, I think if she's got a deficiency, it's kind of her lack of power. And I do think that's something that Holly Holm will will be able to feature uh, all five rounds where, uh, you know, we've seen her knock people out in the fourth. So I'm, I'm going to say Holly Holm uh, fourth round stoppage over Ketlin Vieira, who I, 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 I like a lot, but. I don't know. I, I got to go with the experience here, Jared. I respect that. Holly Holm probably definitely makes the top 10 for my female fighter list all time, boxing and MMA included. Um, probably the top five. And I hate this moment where I agree with the things you said about her age and her. Um, and before I go into the pick, which I already kind of alluded to, I want to say this is your perfect styles make fights um, on paper for the layman, 
for the uh, I think I'm a boxing fan, but I'm really a pink hat character. They both lost to someone, were stopped by someone that the other girl beat. Misha Tate stopped Holly Holm. Uh, or, or Misha Tate, yeah, stopped Holly Holm but lost to Vieira. And Holly Holm beat the girl, uh, beat the girl that knocked out uh, Aldana. Aldana. Uh, yeah. Aldana. Yep. So they've each been stopped by somebody the other girl beat. One of them has to win. So that just there's the levels don't work. That if you beat, then you beat, then you beat. Baturbio will smash Benello. Bivle, Benello. We'll get back to that. All of that said, I I hate this. Uh, the the Chad Dawson John Pascal fight that I touched on earlier. That I was like, why are you flying to his hometown to fight him? You're both undefeated. You're both draws. You know why do that? Dare to be great. Um, but here I am picking the other person that's not the one that I like, that's not the one I grew up with, that wouldn't make my top 10 any list at all, um, but ought to be able to do to home what Misha Tate did. Um, I've seen it's not the hands, it's not the feet, it's not the age, it's the lateral movement that I've seen lose just a hair for Holly Holmes. She seems like she's a little bit easier to cut off than she was younger in her career. And this isn't a girl. Ronda Rousey made the mistake of trying to out kickbox Holly Holm like a complete idiot. Um, and I don't think Vieira does that. I don't think she's under some delusion that she's going to take a 26-time boxing world champion and stand into the center of the ring and trade hands with her. That's just delusional. And I don't think she'll be that. I think she'll go in. She'll be younger. She'll be stronger. She'll try to maul Holly and win more of the rounds if it goes to decision and get the stoppage if it doesn't. Holly is more of a puncher's chance here. I give her 35 40% chance to win. She, but keeping it on the feet and keeping the distance she needs to be effective, she's not going to be able to do it the whole fight. She better be able to handle this young girl. And this is a young lioness type. This is, she reminds me of Suarez, who I know you love, Jace. They're yeah. just young, hungry, and uh, and here they come. I think she beats home. I'm taking Vieira for the upset. Uh, see, this is, a, this is a heart versus head matchup for me. I mean, I love Holly Holmes, uh, but, I mean, Kellen Vieira, I, I think she does have everything that beats Holly Holmes. I think she can bring it to the ground, choke her out. Fairly easily, I, I got Vieira in the third, plus 210. I love that money for Vieira as well. Um, but, I mean, could Holly Holm throw back to some vintage Holly Holm and just dominate her on the feet, to stuff some takedowns, and just keep it there? I, I think that could easily happen. She can but, be knocked out with punches. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good fight. But I, I do see, in the end, Vieira... Just eventually getting it to the ground. I think this is just I, – I, I know Holly Holm has been a staple in this division for so long, but I, I think this is sort of kind of like a crossroads fight here. I think Vieira is uh, someone who deserves a lot of respect in this division and deserves to be at that top facing f – fighting for the belt. I know she's had some 
bumps along the road, especially re- recently. But I mean, I, I think she deserves to get in that mix, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be a good stepping stone for that. I had somebody ask me what they should do for a mixed martial art. I want to get in and I want to be able to protect myself. And if it's real life application and not just discipline and colored belts that you're looking for, (laughs) sorry, um, then it's probably jujitsu or boxing. And he said, what's the difference and how do I know which one I want to do? And I came up with something very profound about snakes. If you're familiar with the difference between a rattlesnake and a boa constrictor, and can figure out which one of those you would like to be in a fight, then you can figure out whether you'd like to do jujitsu or boxing. Right? And that's what we need here. And I'm taking the boa constrictor. Now I'm a boxer. I like it. It's prettier. I can't get in tights and, and grapple around with you guys. That doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. There's something there's, there's, I don't, I don't like it. I want the space. A phenomenal jab. Why? Because I, whoa, you stay out there. I want the space, you know? So that's what fits my mental more is that rattlesnake. But if I have to bet on one or the other, man, I've missed punches. I've missed punches and ended up out of my element with people who knew what they were doing more on the ground. And it's a nasty place to be, you know? Whereas for them, They're avoiding the rattlesnake. You miss. That's your attack. Whereas the other one is just so slow and plodding and slowly just puts you to bed. Um, I'd rather be the boa constrictor than the rattlesnake, even though in real life I've went the other direction. It's the closeness that did that to me. Um, and in this fight, can the rattlesnake land that one? Yeah, absolutely. But... I'll, I'll take the boa. Overall, I'm going to take the one that's slow and plotting because you're going to have to knock this girl out to beat her, Holly. I don't think you can stay on your feet and just win every round. Sooner or later, she's going to maul you. And we're going to figure out, you know, if it's a if it's a Misha Tate over again. Can she choke out Holly Holm a la Misha Tate? She looked like she was okay with Misha Tate on the feet, on the ground, all the places. Could she do that same thing to Holly? Absolutely. And if she fights like that, go in at her, take her up against the fence. Don't try to, hey, you double jab your way in, little right hand, then go for a leg. Nope. Maul her like you're 10 years younger and just mauling an old lady. And that's how you win this fight. Well, hey, I, I, I do think it should be a good one. I, I, I expect Holly to lay Vieira up on the feet a little bit, play a little bit. I, I do expect it to be. That's why I have it ending in the third. I do expect it to be a little bit of a back and forth, but eventually I, I love that analogy, the rattlesnake and the, the bow constrictor. I love that, Jared. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the bow constrictor as well to get it done. But uh, I, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. and It's really the only one. Not a lot of fights this week. But uh, building up a bunch of you, I'm excited for it. We, we talked about it a lot at the, at the beginning of the show. Teixeira Prohaska, that's going to be the next uh, pay-per-view. Uh, so th- th- that, that's going to be a fun one. And you know where to be the morning of that pay-per-view right here. Um, By the way, quote of the week from 
uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov talking about Oliveira and Mahakev fighting. He's insistent that Mahakev is going to go in there and roll over Charles Oliveira. And but the quote he said was, in talking about what they do, as opposed to what Oliveira does, he said if Sambo was easy, it would be called jujitsu. I love Khabib. That was great. That's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, great. Oh, and fight of the night, bro. We've got to all have the same one, right? Can we just go one, two, three? Michael Pereira and Santiago Ponzimbio. Yeah. It's going to be a banger. Can't wait. Oh, man. That's going to be great. Very, very fun. But uh, yeah, fun night of fights. Main event, I think, is going to be great. But uh, make sure you tune in next week to where we recap what goes on tonight and preview the other fights coming up next week. So stay tuned. And big shout out to uh, JPEX, uh, Jess Rydell Realty, and uh, Annie Mac Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode. And make sure you check out Clovercrest Media for a bunch of other Clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch of other great podcasts. So stay oh. tuned next. Round Robin Puncher's Chance, going to post it on the website. Don't have it together yet. All plus money. Five different sets of plus money. We're going to round Robin for 26 bucks and get paid today, guys. Let's do it. All right. Uh, yeah. It's scrolling across the screen right now. Make sure you stay tuned for our socials for that. Uh, throwing Jabs on Twitter, Throwing Jabs podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and all that. As well as check out Clovercrest Media on all the socials as well. For myself, Big Chase, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones, that's going to do it for the Throwing Jabs podcast. We'll see you next week. More combat sports. Take care. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jace. Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.